I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time of Spirituality. Before we jump into the show, the season finale, the season two finale, I would like to lead off by saying if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. <sighs> yeah. Season finale time. And season three will be premiering. I haven't picked the exact day yet, but it's either going to be in November or December. But it's okay. Don't worry about it because I'm still going to have new material for you guys every week. I'm going to be releasing some new episodes. I'm going to be releasing interviews I've done on other podcasts that have some variety to them because I don't want them to feel stale or anything like that. So there will still be stuff every week. So you're probably asking yourself at this point, well, why are you calling this a season finale then? And why are you not launching a new season until later this year? I like there to be some cohesion with regards to what I deem to be a season. I want there to really be an overall feel for it and an underlying theme. And I think the theme will be summed up today for what has come before in season two. And as I look towards season three, I still need to figure out a direction. I have a general idea of where I want to go with it, but uh, I don't know. I think I need to live a little bit more first, just acquire a little more life experience to really have a grasp on where things are going to go. So the episodes I'm going to be releasing are good episodes. I just don't know how they fit into the narrative of my journey per se. And yeah, just come back every Tuesday for a new episode of Timeless Spirituality. And as I mentioned last week, I'm also going to be launching what I'm calling the Anonymous series in the new season. And the Anonymous series is where I'm going to have guests on anonymously. Anyone who would like to come on and share either their past life regression experience or just anything in the spiritual realm. And if you're afraid to attach your name to it, I want to give you a platform. So if you feel like you have a good story to tell, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram or at my website and we'll discuss the possibility of having you on. I'd love to hear from you. And with that said also, if there's anything you'd like to see on the show in the upcoming season, just go ahead and shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to see because, well, you guys are my my best gauge of what you guys want to listen to. Yeah, just go ahead and shoot me a message. With regards to the Mirror Time theme, I'm going to suggest that anyone who hasn't listened to the previous three Mirror Time episodes you should go back and listen before you listen to this one because they really act in tandem with each other. That's the pause moment where if you need to go back right now and check it out. But uh, for all those who have listened to The Mirror of Time already, or if you don't want to go back and listen, but you just want to stick with this one, I'm going to be putting a clip in from episode two. Sorry, not episode two. From The Mirror of Time 2. It was a piece that I wrote for an astrology course a couple of years ago. 
And then I wrote a new piece for today's episode. And they, again, really work in tandem with each other. So I just wanted to put the first one in there just for a little refresher because it really just segues into the next one. And you guys will know when the new part is starting because there's a there's a little segue that takes place and you'll know. I'm all over the place right now. I'm a little giddy about this one. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's something. It's really something. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being there on this journey with me. It's... <sighs> I don't even really know what to say. It's a bit surreal to me. But there's something here. And I am so excited for the future and what the future has in store, not only for me, but for for all of us. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here on this journey with me and enjoy the mirror of time for clarity. I want to share something that I wrote back in March of 2018. Now, at the time, I was in a weekly astrology class, and we were given an assignment, and that assignment was to talk about our Saturn and where it was in our chart. Now, it's okay if you don't understand astrology, because with what I'm going to share with you, you don't need an astrological understanding to grasp onto what I'm going to say, so it's okay. Now, for the assignment, we were supposed to talk about how that showed up in our life, yet I was terrified of being open and vulnerable with talking. So I decided to write something for it instead. Now, it wasn't the assignment, but you know, I, I, I do things the way I want to do them. But there was something about writing it that made it easier for me, but I was terrified to share it. Absolutely terrified. But when this happened, I was at a point in my life where I wanted to start doing things differently. So I saw this as a challenge that I wanted to accept and that would hopefully propel me to a new place. And I'm very, very happy to say that I feel in the act of sharing what I'm about to read for you guys when I did this in front of my class, which was only 10 people, including me, I started to see that it wasn't that difficult to just be me. Still daunting as hell, but it was okay. So I'd really like to share with you guys. And, and also this is a way for me to, to pat myself on the back and say, hey D, you've come a really long way. You've come a really long way because I can even point to moments in season one. I got pretty vulnerable. There's no way I could have done that a couple of years ago. So here we go. Saturn at the Midheaven, the gateway to unleashing the rebel within. According to astrologyking.com, which I'm going to paraphrase, Saturn conjunct the Midheaven, 
means hard work and responsibility are your karmic destiny. You will most likely feel a strong sense of duty and will strive with determination to do something significant with your life. Saturn conjunct the midheaven can manifest as great achievement and success in your career or loss and disappointment. Saturn rewards hard work, and if you feel burdened by karma, then that can be paid off in one lifetime too. Sometimes this aspect can indicate delays in your career, but it can also mean great responsibilities placed on you from an early age. It is important, very important in fact, to not be too hard on yourself. Even with achievement and success, this aspect can bring criticism from your parents and the public, as well as notoriety. All right, so here's where I come in. Now let's break that down. From a young age, I was a silent dreamer with regards to whom I was and what I believed I was here to do. I had always felt that there was more to the world than what I was taught in school, but the one thing I was sure of was that I was here to save that world. I initially dropped out of college after my freshman year because I felt the urge to make a difference in the world sooner rather than later. I started to work my way up the ladder only to find myself in situations that seemed to kick the legs out from underneath me. And this all culminated with me being struck down with an autoimmune disorder three weeks before my 22nd birthday. Now, I believe that was Saturn's way of simply slowing me down. Considering I was, well, I was probably missing a few steps. I mean, the path that I was on was not one to save the world. Saturn, as difficult as it may have been at times, I thank you for the course correction. A few years rolled on, and aside from the beginning stages of learning how to flex my creative and intellectual sides, for the most part, I remained stagnant. I became a recluse from the majority of my friends and family because I was experiencing a deep sense of shame, a shame that rose from the feeling of not doing what I believed I was placed on this world to do, change and save it. This concept manifested itself through a feeling that came to me while sitting on my balcony, staring off into the Thanksgiving night sky while my friend, or sorry, while my family was across town enjoying each other's company. I then went to my piano to put this concept into words. And that's when I came up with, you were born to make history. When I perform in front of a crowd, I revel in each moment that I get to be up on stage, having all eyes directed at me. I feel alive. I'm not afraid while I'm truly feeling alive. But when the show is finished, I rush off the stage to find comfort in being the only person in the world. And this reflects my view on notoriety. When I was younger, I wanted every person in the world to know my name. But now, that very thought terrifies me. Being out there terrifies me. But how am I supposed to change things if I don't take a leap? On the other side of Saturn is, uh, you know, a little bit of fear. With that said, the fear of karmic reprisal has been an ongoing theme for me ever since I became a little more aware of the concept of karma beyond the definition of which you may find in a traditional dictionary. Simply put, I feel an enormous burden on my soul, one in which I feel that there may have been another time in another place where I may have strayed from the path of doing what was right. In other words, while I feel a strong sense of purpose, at the same time, I can't help but feel as if the chickens are just around the corner, waiting, all but too ready to roost. 
Misfounded or unfounded guilt leaves me to feel vulnerable, afraid, and unworthy. Unworthy of happiness, unworthy of success, unworthy of love. I'm so hard on myself. I'm too hard on myself. And I, I want to find love. And when it comes to love, I have so much love to give. So much that it hurts to hold it in. My on-the-spot verbal communication is what some might refer to as a subpar example of conveying the very basic ideals of the human essence. In my mind, the message morphs into a magical orchestral composition, swirling around crystalline flowers in a nebulous garden, leaving a beautiful trace of lemon pixie dust in its wake. So soft, so pure, and so serene. Yet if it comes from my lips on the spot, it's rough and jagged, sounding something a little more like, Me Tarzan, you Jane. And that doesn't work for me. In order to accurately convey what's going on up in the noggin, I need time to think of what I deem as the right way to say it. But when the end product is finished, fear creeps into the equation. It's not the fear of sharing. It's the fear of wondering what others would think if it ever went beyond the eyes or the ears of my original object of affection. And if she didn't appreciate it, what would she say to her friends? Would they laugh? Would they think I was weird for going above and beyond what was common and normal? Would they even understand? Would she even understand? What's so perplexing to me is every woman claims she dreams of the day when a man will pour out his heart and soul. Yet when that dream comes true, it's nothing. There's nothing there. No spark, no joy, no appreciation. So that gift has been locked away for years because of fear. Now it's just waiting for the day when it can come out to say, hello there. Yet common sense dictates that if it's broken, you fix it. It hasn't worked for me yet, but hopefully one day it will. The mundane normal approach, it just feels alien to me. So I will keep doing what I do, dreaming the way that I do. Does this make me crazy? From a strictly logical point of view, I have to ask, wouldn't it be so much easier to just say, I have feelings for you? But I don't settle for easy. I don't settle for simple. I strive to be unique and different. Saturn, please bring me the one who will appreciate my abnormalities. These days... That's the only reward I'm looking for. Her, the one, whoever she may be. And as I sit here today, I no longer feel the urge and need to save the world. Now, I only yearn for love. Was that your goal, Saturn? What hard work am I missing? Do songs or poems not suffice? Do you need me to write a symphony or memoir instead? If that's what it'll take, I'll do it. As daunting as it may be, I will do it. So to swing this puppy back to the beginning, when I was younger, I was sure that I was born to save the world, or as I came to sum it up a few years ago, born to make history. Now, I'm not so sure. I'm confused. Then again, maybe that's the fear speaking. Maybe I find comfort in focusing on the micro instead of the macro because it's safer. I'm not so exposed. Maybe when I facilitate healing for one of my clients, it's to balance out karma, possibly for some way I hurt them in another time or another place. Maybe it's the micro now, and maybe it's the macro down the line. Maybe 
Maybe, just maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to have all the answers laid out on my doorstep. Maybe the journey is where the fun is. Maybe the fear is there because that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I'd like to have some fun too along the way. Does this in any way fit the mold for Saturn and Sagittarius? Maybe this whole thing has been a tool of self-deception because quite possibly deep down, I'm afraid to live up to the standard that I set out for myself so long ago. Do I have it correct now? Or did I have it right then? Is there any real difference between now and then? Saturn, you confuse me. For as much as I get the world, I don't understand the world. And that's that. Some of this may have gone above and beyond the explanation for Saturn at the Midheaven. Yet if you knew me a little better, you'd understand what a huge leap I've taken by putting myself out there to the degree in which I have while sharing this. And in the act of expressing what I've expressed, I say, look out, Saturn. Look out, Midheaven. Look out, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And look out, world! This train has left the station! And I'm on a quest, damn it. This is one of my many upcoming attempts to unleash the rebel within. And I'm ready But I'm not ready I know you know me Better than I do And I'm as curious As I'm scared of the truth So before we begin I just want to say And I'm ready Yes, I'm ready Yes, I'm ready I'm ready The moment is now. Clarity, validation, transparency. What do they all have in common? They're shades of myself staring back at me through the mirror of time. Shades of who I was. Shades of who I am. Shades of who I want to be. And against my better judgment, I must add, more than one shade of who I believe it is that I am meant to be. And that's how I, Daniel, the past life regressionist, can sum up the second season of Time of Spirituality. The slow and steady growth of a soul shuffling at a turtle's pace. But as I believe the expression goes, slow and steady wins the race. And as I'm laying here in bed typing this on the evening of September 6, 2022, I find myself writing a piece like this for the first time in four and a half years. And over the past few weeks, I've gave this new piece a go a few times while sitting at my kitchen table. But the go was met with a lack of flow. Then came the light bulb. Recapture the magic just as you used to. But just as I used to brings me back to the days when I spent most of my time in bed due to some health issues. And in bed is where I initially found the magic. That's where I began to find my voice. And that's where I began to find my purpose. So here I am in bed, my old stomping grounds of creativity, recapturing the magic. And the moment is now. Recapture the magic, recapture the magic. D, you have to recapture the magic. But what is magic? 
Is magic a rabbit in the hat of a stage magician who's perfected the art of the sleight of hand? Is magic in the fabled withered hands of the great King Arthur's teacher? Wait, what was that dude's name? Merlin, right? Merlin? Or is magic the feeling that's present in two children as they hold another's hand for the very first time? Capture the moment that is now. The moment is gone. Capture the moment that is now. The moment has gone. Capture the moment that is now. Time is all we have. And as I continue to lay here in bed, I find myself thinking, not dwelling, but thinking of the days when every one of my mornings was pale and bleak, when every afternoon felt exactly the same, and when every evening brought out my son while the rest of the world was sleeping, my rabbit in the hat, my youthful withered hands, the innocence of the creativity and self-expression at my fingertips. That was my magic. But then the magic changed. D, you're getting ahead of yourself. Recapturing the magic is the theme for season three. So for now, share the lyrics to that song you're always afraid to put out there because of that raw vulnerability in your words. You're safe. They won't hurt you. The people who join you every Tuesday won't hurt you. They've got your back. And your words may even help a few of them. Tell them about that time that you were dying to be found. That was my inner monologue there. Well, at least the PG version. So I guess I'm being encouraged by me to share some words that I wrote a decade ago. And at the time, I couldn't finish their lyrics because it was too damn painful to be that real. But I tried. In my own way, I really tried. I was so afraid to show my pain. The world told me that my pain was weakness. But as I look back to the mirror of time, I forgive my innocence. My pain was not weakness. My words and emotions brought strength. Yet my heart broke as I hummed the melody and tickled the first chord of C, E, and G. I couldn't finish those lyrics then, so I finish them now. The moment is now. So here it is, dying to be found. Can you hear me calling when I don't say a word? My voice holds such deeper meaning, but I won't die to be heard. I've been treading water, but I will never drown. Dear world, I'm lost in the ocean, barely alive, and I'm dying to be found. I am dying to be found. I'm dying to be found. I feel so alone with others around. I'm lost and dying to be found. The map is spinning in circles, yet north points underground. I have no clear direction, so how can I ever be found? I've been treading water, but I will never drown. Dear world, I'm lost in the ocean, barely alive, and I'm dying to be found. I am dying to be found. I'm dying to be found. I'm so much more than a face in the crowd. I'm lost and dying to be found. In time, I'll build a lifeboat and float so safe and sound to land back from the distance with a tail that'll rattle the crowds. I've been treading water, but I... 
I'll never drown. Dear world, I am lost in the ocean, barely alive, and I'm dying to be found. And now, all I have is now. I'm lost, and one day I'll be found. And again I say, the moment is now. And as I now look back into the mirror of time, I'm seeing and remembering the origins of these lyrics. Believe it or not, this began as a love song. I was 25 and a few months away from turning 26. Only a few people knew of my health struggles because I didn't want to be seen as a sick person. Yet I was simultaneously ashamed of the justifiable lack of progress I've been making materially in my life. And of course, there was a girl. And if you need me to spell out the deets for you, here they are. Boy meets girl, boy likes girl. Due to boy's circumstances, boy can only afford to buy girl a cup of coffee. Boy tries to find a way to articulate to girl why girl should take a chance on boy. But boy never took that chance. Girl would never find him, as girl wasn't there to save him. The world would never be able to find boy, because first, boy had to find himself. Boy was dying to be found by self. And just to be clear, I was boy. And boy oh boy, I'm finding myself more and more every day. But some mornings I still wake up feeling so lost, rudderless on my voyage to teach the world about the meaning of time. The moment is now. For a while, boy thought boy had to make a choice. Only focus on heart, or only focus on purpose. Boy oh boy, what was boy thinking? But boy wasn't thinking. Boy had been shutting self off from feeling. Boy was afraid to feel because boy didn't understand how to feel. Until boy understood, there is no understanding feelings. There's feeling feelings. The moment is now. These days, most days, boy is still afraid to feel. Boy seeks validation because seeking validation is easier than feeling. And after editing and releasing The Mirror of Time 3, Validation, I realized I was such a fool. I ranted about my hypothetical wedding to an unknown faceless woman whose name and eye color is still a mystery to me. The moment is now. In the episode, I joked about how I'm looking forward to getting married so everyone can tell me how my vows are the best they've ever heard. That's where my need for validation took me. It wasn't imagining watching her walk down the aisle. It wasn't dreaming of the way I hope she'll make me laugh and strive to be a better person. Or even the elation I believe I'll feel the first time I'm lucky enough to hold her hand. Why was I so focused on the vows and being in the spotlight? For a dude who's probably been married about a thousand times for my various incarnations, I totally missed the point there. The validation in that hypothetical is her, and all the validation I need now is me. So where do I find myself now? In the hardest and scariest place possible. Vulnerability in the here and now. I feel... I am, I feel, fuck, the moment is now, fuck, shit, fuck, banana penis, grease is the word, ah, why couldn't the Dodgers have won the World Series while I still cared about baseball, <sighs> fuck, the moment is now, the moment is now, fuck, hmm, <sighs> 
I've been vulnerable about what has come before because there's a distance. It's who I was, not who I am now. But the truth is, I'm afraid of what comes after tomorrow. I'm afraid of leading people astray by my own worldly perceptions or delusions. I'm afraid my wounds won't be healed, even after I continuously sit with them. I'm afraid the inner child in me will never ever feel fulfilled or heard. I'm afraid the day will come when I have to sacrifice any altruism I may have for the success I so badly desire in life. I'm afraid I'll be forgotten. I'm afraid I won't be remembered. I'm afraid of dying alone. I'm afraid of dying without leaving my personal mark on the world. As crazy and unrealistic as it sounds, I'm even afraid I'll never get the chance to quite literally travel through time. I'm afraid my health will never return to where it was. I'm afraid of failure. I should have fought back against the bullying in the sixth grade, but I was afraid I'd get in trouble. I'm afraid of being targeted by the social justice warriors because there's a strong possibility I may offend them with the way I feel. Well, fuck them. Your faded lip, needle, and thread doesn't make you strong. It makes you a little fucking bitch. My two cents? Go sit with yourself. Go sit with yourself and cry. And if that offends you, go fuck yourself. But if that's something that catches your attention and makes you want to work on yourself, with all sincerity, if you reach out with your hand, I'd be happy to do my very best to help pull you back to safety. In world, just know, I may have a gaze that would bring Alexander the Great and his army to their knees, but I'm also a softie at my core. My eyes will water if my sensitivity isn't met with care. I'm a sucker for a good elevated landscape. I'm still trying to figure out how seagulls inherently know how to fly in damn near perfect formation. I'm still marveled when I watch the sunset in the west. But then again, I now find myself in a place where I question, what is the west? Is it west because that's the universal rule of law? Or is it West because the collective agreement we've made to view West as West and a sunset in the West only happens over the Western horizon because our collective agreement dictates that that's the way that it is? And at least for the time being, is that the way it will continue to be? Why do I not like to be jolted by loud noises? Why is it I'm so in touch with my intuition, but my heart doesn't get much attention? It makes me sad that I don't understand love. It makes me sad that I'm 36 and I don't think I've ever truly been in love. I mean, sure, I've had my heart broken, but I don't believe a fall is the only way for a heart to break. It makes me sad. It makes me sad when I see someone get their heart broken, but it also makes me jealous when I see them move on to the next so quickly and with such grace and ease. Why does it come so easy for some of them? I'm not better than anyone, but sometimes I think I am. And fuck anyone who looks down on me for saying it. I know my worth, but I am not more important than anyone else. We all have our part to play. We all have our role to play. One of my roles is time. And there's something I'm better at than most, time. But it doesn't matter. Part of my lesson this time around is to develop compassion for people who suck with time. But something I will not tolerate is when someone doesn't have respect for my time.
It makes me sad when people don't respect my time. It makes me feel like I don't matter. And I don't want to waste my time on people who simply don't appreciate the beauty of time. Period. The moment is now. My darkest days don't define me. The moment is now. My shortcomings don't define me. The moment is now. The first paragraph of this piece doesn't define me. Because the moment is now. There isn't a ton of cohesion in this piece. But it's okay. Because it's about where I am in this very moment. And this moment is now. There are so many more reflections from the previous six months that I wanted to cover. But since they didn't come up in the moment, I trust they'll rear their head when the time is right. Because as you've repeatedly heard me state, it's all about the now. And as I've written the previous section about being vulnerable in the here and now, I see and realize these are projections of future fears and vulnerabilities. Hence, I've taken myself out of the here and now. <laughs> I'll be easy on myself for being a fool there. Oh, mirror of time, how you help me see so clear. Oh, mirror of time, when oh when will I learn how to be here? Mirror of time, I feel like such a hypocrite. Mirror of time, I'm not practicing when I'm preaching. Mirror of time, I'm supposed to be the time guy, but I obviously don't know two or three shits about being present in our present time. Mirror of time, you're so much more than a mirror on the wall. Mirror of time, I still have a lot to learn about time. It's so exhausting straddling this line between the past and future. But how does one be present in the moment with their eyes fixed on the future? Please bring me that answer sooner rather than later. I want more. And as I look towards the future, I'll do my very best to see and understand that the moment is now. There was a time when I was lost and dying to be found, but none of that matters now, because the moment is now. Now, I want to learn how to live in the present, and now, I'm going to say it. I am here to change the world. History may never know my name, but that's okay, because it's not about me as an individual. It's about the legacy of the actions I will one day leave behind. I've spent years laying the foundation for something so much bigger than me. And now, I'm ready for more. I'm ready for so much more. The moment is now. And now, I'm ready. And I'm ready. But I'm not ready. I know you I'm as curious as I'm scared of the truth So before we begin, I just want to say thank you And I'm ready Yes, I'm ready Yes, I'm